0: Welcome to the HSCT Warriors podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry-Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of Meaningful Conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. I'm glad to be talking with you.
1: Thank you. I, um, I stumbled upon your your podcast. I can't believe it fell under my radar um, when Tammy did your podcast. And I was like, oh, I need to be a part of this. This is, this is a great thing. Tammy is amazing.
0: She is. When I stumbled upon you listening to the MS Gym podcast with (laughs) brooks and i thought oh anna is debut yeah anna is a phenomenal resource i need to interview her
1: i I, yeah i need to um hone in my public speaking skills i guess i think my uh, msm podcast i got so carried away and i'm like let me teach you everything i've learned (laughs) like the past 15 years and you know these couple hour podcasts so I, i think i got overwhelmed um a good population of of the listeners. But at the same time, I'm hoping I'm planting little seeds and trying to get them to start looking at the circumstances a little bit differently and, yeah. and start trying to question um, outside the box.
0: It's amazing that you have that motivation. So much of what I hear And have become aware of in these interviews and talking with people is how necessary it is to become your own self-advocate going through illness. And so providing them with those foundational insights, right, can help them to become their own advocate.
1: Yes. I think that's, it's key. It's honestly key. Um, I think sometimes we don't always want that responsibility when you get diagnosed and it's an intangible thing and it carries a lot of weight. You don't want to feel responsible because at the other side of that coin, did I do something wrong? Yes. No, it's not your fault. But at the same time, now that you have it, instead of just blindly trusting, um, you know, your, your health and your life and your future in the hands of another physician, nobody's going to be as invested and nobody's going to understand your body as well as you can and finding the right, the right person, and to never stop searching for those answers—it's yes. key. But it's 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 a lot of weight. It's it's like carrying a ball and chain. And some people, um, initially, I think that that scares them. Also, we go through this long period. At least for me, um, I'm sure I'm not the only MSer out there. Um, it took five, six years to even get a diagnosis. And at that point, you're like, yes, this is what I have. See, it's real. It exists. It's not in my head. Yes. And then we give the name of the disease and, and the disease itself too much credit as a thing. And it's it's not, it, it's a condition. And there are things that we can actively be doing to manage and tailor, but we go so long with trying to just you know, validate right. what we're going through that then on the other hand, I think it, it gets a little bit too much gas on the other side of it. Then we give it too much power and accept that this is a thing that, you know, that I'm I'm stuck with and there's nothing I can do about it. And then, then it's cyclical. It, it's not, yeah, mind that's not,
0: that's going to keep you key. more sick. Mindset yeah. is key. Thank you for just being a resource and for agreeing to participate in the podcast today. I'm, um, just excited to welcome Anna Krom. Diet uh certainly is a big piece of my journey with MS and knowing your wisdom and knowledge that you've gained as you mentioned over how many years? 15.
1: It it's been it's been a journey. Um I think my my benefit is that I've been sick for so long um which doesn't sound like a plus, but uh, I was sick all the way back to late, um, uh, elementary school. So I've, mm-hmm. I've had, you know, health battles one after the other, um, since, you know, most of my life. And with that, I was able to kind of straddle both worlds. So when I chose to pursue dietetics, I, it was one of those aha moments. A lot of people go through where you start changing your diet and all of a sudden you feel better. Um, and knowing that if you're really responsive to in your diet, I, I had to know why. I wanted to know so much more about it. And that particular instance, I wasn't walking. Um, it was my freshman year of college. I had pushed to, you know, push myself into a relapse and utter exhaustion. And yes. I ran across another... Um, Uh, She was a nurse and she practiced this lifestyle medicine I had not been aware of. I had been seen by, you know, dozens and dozens of of specialists and doctors, but not so much from this, you know, functional side of things. And um, when I met her, we just decided to do all the research we could. And I met her on a cane. We tailored my diet. And in six weeks, I was running six miles a day.
0: Amazing.
1: And I switched my, I switched everything that I wanted to do over to dietetics. And so everything that I've learned, I've been trying to piece it together specifically for autoimmune disease. So it's not one of those, you know, I get diagnosed after I have a career. It's kind of what's been driving my entire education and learning and and career. And that started, I started my career path for dietetics in 2000. And I don't know, nine. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a decade.
0: That's wonderful. And a brilliant motivation. Yes. um, Well, so why don't you tell us more about your experience with MS and even how you came to find out about HSCT?
1: HSCT. Oh, that's one of the little miracles, things you stumble upon. Um, Yes, it is. Um, like I said, it's, I've been sick for, for so long. Um, my disease was very active it even my neurologist kind of dropped off the word remitting it's more like just relapsing ms and no matter what we did it just it kept it just kept being active no matter what drug no matter what approach that we took and eventually you know i kept looking for all the answers and looking for all the answers and looking for all the answers even with the dietetics you know my my story of being able to run 6 miles in 6 weeks from a cane which is wonderful i felt i felt so much better but the following mri the next year still showed about a dozen new lesions just in that time span so how we feel isn't always indicative of the clinical picture behind the scenes and sure. that just got me to drive like even more of like what's going on what's going on and why is it happening but then it becomes a race against time because how much can you learn as quickly, you know, as quickly as you can, or is the disease going to take you down first?
0: Right. Well, especially having experienced such significant relapses, right?
1: Yes. And that, that was my, my problem. My relapses have already have always been pretty, um, significant. My first relapse that, that led to my diagnosis was blindness. I went legally blind. Um, as a junior in high school for a span of about 10 months, um, had to learn braille and, you know, sight with a mobility cane. Goodness. And we were, we were not hopeful that the vision would come back. I'm, we're grateful it did. Um, and then in my next relapse in, in college was, you know, I've lost all feeling and ability to stand on one of my legs. And it, it was always like a, a bigger, um, symptom. And so as I kept going, it was trying to battle all of these things and, Getting through college with my health I was was quite quite a battle, and i um I took a year off between college and what I needed to do for my internship to get my license and I relapsed during my internship six times in a span of like i don't know six or seven months. It was Goodness. very. It was bad. And at that point, I knew I had no finish line. Like, there, Mm. it was no longer in sight. I was, I had trigeminal neuralgia. I was back, I was on a walker. I started to have spasticity. I had a different double vision in each eye. Like, my vision was just shot. Um, And the amount of pain meds and everything you have to take, like, I lost my focus, even with the steroids, I wasn't responding. And at that point, I still knew there were answers, but I wasn't physically capable of findings. getting them anymore. Yeah. Just just existing became so difficult. There were days that my mom would have to brush my hair or help me get ready, or there are other days that, you know, even just moving would cause me to like tear uh, a muscle in my shoulder from the spasticity. And it was a whole day spent, you know, let's go get your your cocktail of Dilaudid, Valium and Hydrocodon, and then you're you're out, you know, for the rest of the day. And I had to pass a state licensure exam and I finished my internship. I'm not sure how made it through. And then I knew I couldn't sit for that test. I knew like I'd even say I got my license, say I could focus enough to study and remember something and, and fight through the pain. How could I help other people when I I'm needing assistance with just daily living.
0: Sure. what I was didn't the have program anything you left were, to give. Yeah. What was I, the program you were studying?
1: Uh, dietetics. Okay. Um, in order to be, yeah, in order to get your licensure, you have to do a year, um, a year internship in different rotations, whether it's clinical or long-term care. And it's very hands-on. So you have to get all of your hours before you can even sit and qualify to take the licensure exam. So, and yeah, it, that must've been very was,
0: frustrating.
1: It was because it was like, I finally made it. I was just about there. And it's like, I got sidelined, like, here's the race. I can see the finish line. And it's like, something just knocked me right off the course. And I, I was devastated. And I honestly thought like, this is, this is it. Like, I'm going to end up in a, you know, in a long-term care facility in my, my early twenties. And I'm not going to be able to get all the answers that I know are out there. And I, I was devastated. But it's just one of those times where you just, I don't know what, what it was, but you just, you hold on to hope. You hold on to this glimmer of hope and you still keep going and you keep researching. And it's one of those nights when you're up late and life is heavy and your mind's racing at a million miles an hour. And I just started doing more and more research and more and more research. And everything I kept seeing was, was HSCT and HSCT and HSCT. And I was like, you know what? Finally, it was one of those times where you had no other choice but to go jump off the cliff because there are no other options, and you just have to run with it and go for it. Yeah,
0: no other and cliffs
1: in sight, right? Exactly. It's one of those things you don't quite understand. It looks daunting. It looks scary, but you gotta go with it. I mean, that you just gotta go with it. And I got up the next morning and I told both of my parents, I was like, I'm going to Russia. <laughs> they looked at me like I something was wrong, You're but, what? um, yeah, like what, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Oh, I'm going to go, you know, obliterate my immune system and and build a new one. And they're just, what? Um, and I just knew. And then I joined the, um, the Facebook communities, which has been phenomenal talking to other patients who've gone through it and talking to Dr. Federico and his staff and doing the research. And honestly, my, my only fear was for the people who hadn't heard about this Mm. before it was too late. And I just ran with everything i got. Um, I was assuming my weight was going to be longer. Um, but thankfully I was able to get in, I was in an active relapse when I got there and it, it, it changed everything. Even, um, after just receiving the chemo, you know, my immune system stopped attacking, you know, attacking me. And I had, much more clarity. And it was like, you know, a brand new beginning for and I could, yep. And then I could take that and run with it. And then I could finally get all of the answers that I was trying to search for, for so long of more in this biochemical, how your body, you know, functions and why it's doing what it's doing and what nutritionally drives it. And
0: yeah. Um, how, I mean, food is the only fuel we have, right?
1: yes and every every chemical process in your body is is driven by a cofactor which is a nutrient or a vitamin um or an amino acid a protein like it's it's food food is like the gasoline for our system so there's there's a way to tailor things um and I was so excited I was one of the really lucky ones that um not only did you know h s c t work, all of my symptoms disappeared um so my disability score is back down to zero. I mean, I still wow. have permanent damage on my my vision, and obviously, if we get sick or stressed or injured, you know, symptoms yes. pop up. But from the day to day life, it was in the beginning, it was like nothing ever happened, and this was this was phenomenal. I was like, you know, I have this I have this physical ability now to complete this goal, and um, I think that is one of the problems though behind HSCT is we. We get so excited and we get so um hopeful, which is definitely a good thing, but there's a real side to that HSCT roller coaster on on the other side. Indeed.
0: So when did you receive HSCT?
1: Two thousand and sixteen in June in Moscow.
0: Okay. And so that's even three years ago.
1: Yes. Yeah, you're and a little
0: over three years post.
1: Yes, I am. And I had one of the rockiest recoveries. Um I was hoping I was going to be one of those HSCT unicorns and just, you know, come out the other side. And, you know, I even, I even took my, my study materials to sit for my RD exam to Russia. Wow. They weren't used, but that's,
0: um, <laughs> I, I was intention. that hopeful.
1: Good intention. <laughs> yes. They, they definitely never were touched, but it, I was that hopeful. I was like, I'm young enough. I've got this. And I, I had one of the worst recoveries. Um, I ended up with secondary adrenal insufficiency, oh. which meant I could not come off of steroids. Um, my body would not produce enough cortisol. And without cortisol, your body doesn't function. It's very, very necessary. And um, so got back in the States and we could not pull me off of steroids. It just wasn't going to happen. How and did then- you
0: find that dysfunction?
1: Um, it's one of those things. It's very it's very hard to explain, but oftentimes when people have adrenal fatigue and you're tired, you hit what we call as like a wall. So everybody's got it is a little bit different. But sometimes people like every day at 3 30, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Or you, sure. you just hit this this wall. And a lot of people have different triggers um at different times, but it's like just a wall that you hit and nothing seems to function. And I mean, you're really tired. It's not just tired, you're physically exhausted. And for me, the crash was so bad that I had like heart palpitations and dizziness. And there were so many symptoms, like just my body just stopped functioning. Um, My cognition would just, you know, disappear. And you just, you just knew something was wrong. And um, when I ended up in the hospital for the symptoms, they, they checked my cortisol level and it actually came back not traceable. Wow. And um they freaked out, here's your steroids immediately. We're putting you back on. You have to have some cortisol in your body. Um and sent me to, of course, a couple of different endocrinologists and all of them said, Well, you know, your adrenals, I guess, you know, couldn't take the chemo and you're going to be on steroids lifelong. Wow. And then of course my fear was AVN. Sure. Um, but I was determined that your body wants to work the best that it can. And I was determined that after HSCT, that neuroplasticity just does wonders and same for the rest of your body. And I was just determined that there was going to be a way that I could find to support these adrenals and get them to turn back on, come off of the steroids. It was just going to take time. And I... I'm not advising anybody do this, but I did go against medical advice. And I started doing a lot of research of, you know, what makes your adrenals tick? What, you know, what imbalances them? What balances them? And I started using myself, you know, as as, an experimental case study and and supplementation. And my first wean off of steroids was not successful. Um, I went too fast, but my second wean down off the steroids with with added supplementation and, and diet changes and focus on that was successful. And I came, was able to come off of steroids completely by December. So it was six more months of, of steroids, of daily steroid use, um, after HSCT, um, that I finally got off and I was, I was so excited. Well, yeah, that's amazing Um,
0: that you could find that regulation.
1: Yes. I I was desperate. My, my face, I mean, you could, I couldn't recognize myself and that that's part of it too. It's, you know, you have a body that's different. It looks different. It's functioning different. You go through this, like, you know, crisis, identity crisis of who am I? What am I? You know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't exist in that state. Like I needed, I needed more, I needed more answers. I'm not one of those people that just accepts what's happening and, oh, this happened. Now you're stuck. I'm, I'm too stubborn. Um, sure. so I don't accept it and I I kept pushing and got through the steroids and it was the best feeling in the world. And a month later I knew um I knew by by my symptoms and my pain that I had ABN. And by the time they caught the ABN, both of my hips had collapsed. Wow. Um, and so I, my hips collapsed seven months after HSCT and then the added steroids did nothing to help. And, um, I did not have enough of an immune system, um, to do immediate surgery or replacement. So I was back in a wheelchair for about another six or seven months with a lot of replace both of my hips. Yep. And then I went through recovery for the hip replacements, um, have realized through all of this that there are some very severe GI complications that can also arise if you're not doing what what you need to be doing and um spent all of last year um trying to to balance out my GI tract and it's it's just one of those things where I can't say I would want to do any of this again. I don't. It was miserable. I'm glad to be on the other side. Sure. But it was one of those things that I'm very grateful for because hindsight is 2020, 20, and my life story is essentially a case study of what not to do um, <laughs> to, to get some of these symptoms. But because I had them, I've been able to start connecting all of the dots, and I've been pursuing... Um, more certifications in integrative and functional nutrition and just diving into biochem ever since my transplant. And because I've gone through a lot of that, I'm so, so passionate and about helping prevent that. So post-HSCT, you know, diving in with somebody and helping them avoid a lot of these complications that that can be managed, they can be avoided, they can be redirected um, versus having to go through you know, this happened and this happened. And because my adrenals were off, my thyroid broke, or because I had too many steroids, I ended up with ADN. Um There's so much more we can do. And so now my passion is really with HSTT because this process resets a wonky immune system. It gives you a second chance at life. Along and that's with, the time.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. along with a lot of individualized experiences and yes. in recovery.
1: It, it does. But My fear is that, you know, things happen for a reason and what I don't, as much hope as it gives you and as much, um, you know, freedom, um, and recovery and healing that it gives you, it doesn't solve all of the problems. There's a reason why your immune system
0: began attacking itself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In, in the first place. And so when I see people use HSCT is like this free wild card, like I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. My heart breaks because you I know mean, logically speaking, unless you go and address the reasons of why some of the clinical you know puzzle pieces as to why you ended up where you were, you know you'll over time the likelihood of you ending up right back to where you were right. increases
0: sure.
1: and that that's where my passion is it's like awesome you are a go-getter you reset your immune system you, are your best healthcare advocates, So you're, you're passionate about this. You're serious about this. And those are the people I just want to dive in right next to. And I was like, let me help. Like, let me use some of my, my practitioner patient, both experience and help you put the pieces together. So it stays this way and it works for you. And you do get this, this brand new
0: life chance, second chance at life.
1: Yes. So that that's, My story has been pretty chaotic, but as the case study of what not to do and straddling both worlds between um, a patient and practitioner, um, that's where I just, I found my drive. Like I found my passion.
0: Well, and how beautiful that you've been able to take all of that difficulty, right? And turn it into motivation and drive for the future to do good by others and yourself. That takes trial and error too. Indeed it does. So what about your most memorable experience in Russia?
1: My most memorable experience in Russia? Man, there's so many of them. Um, first off, having being sick for so long at such a young age. Um, sure. I had never traveled internationally. Right. Um, so that was my first awakening outside of the U.S. Um, and the people were phenomenal. I remember just being blown away. I think that's probably the most significant is here I felt backed into a corner, and I felt like I needed to become invisible. I felt like I needed to be an illusionist um, to avoid the judgments and the glares and the ignorance that, that often stems around an autoimmune disease. And I couldn't just be myself. And I would be on a cane or a walker and get these glances, just "Oh, she's faking it," oh, or sure. you know, "Every time I part, your- yeah." Yep, you use a handicap placard, and they're just looking at you like, you know, there's something wrong with you, or you're cheating the system. Yes. Um, in Russia, you didn't have that at all. We when we went to tour the city, um, I had two close um, family friends take me to Russia. They stayed through my testing initially, but they made sure I got to see some of it, even as in bad of a shape as I was when I got there. They they went out of their way, and we got to see some of the sites and. I was definitely on a cane. Um, I looked sick. I felt sick. Anytime we would go to an elevator or walk on a bus, people would help. You know, they'd hold the door. If we got onto a bus or a subway and they saw me on a cane, five or six people immediately stood up and just walked away just to make sure I had a seat. Like, there was no—just the acceptance and and the awareness— was very different from here, and I, I remember that that different like culture, you know, it, the environment. I remember being so much more um, comfortable being myself. Wonderful, that is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was not something I expected to to experience, and it made the world quite a bit smaller too. Even regardless of language, regardless of you know these other barriers and culture differences, it, it didn't matter. Just being you know, nice and compassionate and empathetic to another human struggling is all that mattered, And that translated, you know, to a different country and a different city and a different language.
0: Humanity yeah. knows no boundaries, right?
1: Yes. That, that was, it was wonderful to experience firsthand. It was very humbling and it just, it gave me a lot of hope and I guess restored a lot of my faith and, sure. <laughs> and people. And it also kind of made me lit a fuel, you know, more of my fire to come back over here and, you know, help fight the good fight and to erase a lot of these stigmas and, and raise awareness and then help those, you know, who I can, who are suffering.
0: Sure. So, and it sounds like diet was a big part of even leading up to HSCT for you and your studies and research and dietetics. And so what have been some of the other essential components for you to make it through HSCT and even recovery?
1: a good network is definitely um you do not get here on your own um being able to rely on people who care about you as well is, is phenomenal you need a good community support um nobody nobody's supposed to do this solo it's it's too much it so, is so good much, friends yeah okay good friends good family um faith faith is a huge part of my journey um that spiritual component and, and knowing that somebody else, you know, has my back, um, that's been a huge part for me. And that's, that's helped me hold on to hope, but even more so like we went back to, you know, mental state, it's, it's not just what you eat. It's it's how you're feeling and what you're thinking and, you know, making sure you're taking time out of the day to, to address that and evaluate that, um, and, and correct that, you know, if you're off, like, trying to push your body mentally through things it becomes this disjoint like you're mentally telling your body that it shouldn't be defective and you need to be able to do this and it becomes like a mental versus physical war um at least it did for me very much so And like uniting those two fronts and accepting on a on a bad day just accepting it's a bad day not judging myself for it not making myself feel feel worse about it um not immediately getting scared, but taking information and then trying to get the answers, giving myself some time, you know, not over pushing. That's what's got me to this point. And believe me, I get reminders when I go to push myself too hard or when I start telling myself, well, this is what I should be able to do. Um, When it comes to recovery through HSCT and even through a condition comparison, is is an enemy. Um, no doubt. it's not about what other people are doing or how they're faring or or their story. it's it's just about how you're doing. are you doing your best? are you working on it? Are you pushing forward? are you doing what you can do? And that's what matters. It doesn't matter what somebody else did. Um, you can take inspiration from other people's stories but to compare where you are, um, oh, to so where unfair. somebody else is, yeah, it's, you're setting yourself up for failure. So unfair. Yeah. And it, it, it's a hard lesson to learn. It, it's a very hard lesson to learn. You want to be able to do all these different things, but I guess accepting what you can do and just doing that to the best of your ability. I mean, that's part of it too, yeah. but that's a huge part of it.
0: Day to day, finding that patience, right?
1: Yes, and it is a day-to-day adjustment on on the roller coaster. So
0: did you have any doubts going into this, like preparing for Russia even three years ago? I'm glad you found the support networks and information on social media and Facebook, but did you have any doubts going into it?
1: No, none. None. I had never been so sure of anything in my life.
0: That's wonderful.
1: It was just this overwhelming sense of just like peace and like this is this is it. This is going to work. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It was, it's crazy. It sounded crazy to a lot of people just to wake up and be like, I'm, I'm going to go do this. And this is, this is what, what's going to happen. And, but it was, it was one of those times where, you know, I was forced to just jump off that cliff and just go with it. And honestly, even with all my complications on the other side of it, I wish it was one I had stumbled upon sooner. Um right. I have no regrets. I had no um I had no fears. Now now I have a little bit more fears around HSCT with the complications, just as in I really want to set something up to where I can help minimize, um right. minimize some of the complications that are are a part of it. The chemo is necessary, but it's a double edged sword. It's it's going to cause other problems. And there are ways to there are ways to support that. Um and that's, that's where my passion is now, but for fear of the procedure and fear that it wouldn't work, I went into it with everything in me saying, this is the right path. This is the right choice. This is going to work.
0: Well, and to that effect, mindset is such a key part of HSET. Yes. And so um, having that positive mindset going into it, right. Just yes, probably made uh, all the
1: difference for you. It really did. It's um, it's, I wouldn't say it would be less effective if you're Fearful, but it's going to be a much more miserable experience if if you're fearful versus hopeful. Um, Just that just that mind mindset makes makes a big difference for the experience and how even how you notice the symptoms and the severity um, of the symptoms. I mean, the care the care in Moscow was also phenomenal, so there was no reason um, you you weren't at a want for anything. which, which made it that much easier as well. The support staff was phenomenal. But um, judging anything or making any decision out of fear doesn't often lead to positive outcomes.
0: Sure. And the whole point is to maximize those positive outcomes, right? Yes. Halt progression, but also maybe secure some of those bonuses.
1: Yes. Holding on to hope can be one of the hardest things to do, but it's also probably one of the most beneficial things to do. That's the truth. That's beautiful. Even when it seems, you know, bleak and impossible, holding on to that, that light at the end of the tunnel, um, it's still worth holding on to. It's still worth fighting for.
0: So based on your experience then with HSCT, what could you offer as advice to people living with MS who might be considering HSCT or even considering changes to their diet? What might you offer as advice to them?
1: My advice is one, to do a lot of research. It's not to give up. It's, the problem with diet is a lot of times it gets a negative stigma and that's, well, I tried this diet, it worked for me. I tried that diet, it worked for me. Or this didn't work for me. Or if diet made a difference, you wouldn't need HSCT. Um, I get those a lot. That's frustrating. But, that's, but it's not the case. There's, there's a level underneath diet that where you don't even know just because you eat an apple you don't know what that apple is doing to your body. You know, what are ingestion's not the same as digestion, which is not the same as absorption. There are so many levels and layers, and there's always something that you can be doing to help manage how your body's functioning at a biochemical level, at a genetic level, at to run some of these things. Um, and so my advice is to if you are considering HSCT. Do your research. I'm an advocate for HSCT. I'm also an advocate now for
0: preparing for HSCT. Yes.
1: Um, working with someone to better support your body to go into that to minimize how much stress your adrenals get hit with, how much stress your bones get hit with, how much you know, how much this is going to affect you, how how then how to come out of it. So for those who have had HSCT, my advice is to also not stop there find somebody to partner with you just reset your immune system now is the time to start asking why and how and putting those pieces together and preventing a lot of these complications that are going to you know that can easily arise from HSCT and with that also helping to balance this new immune system out to increase your chances of it not you know relapsing back into its old habits Now's the time to start really digging deep and making changes all the way around, not just, not just diving in for the transplant, but all the way around really digging deep and not stopping with just HSCT.
0: That's beautiful. Preparing for such a significant procedure can be tough to do. Yes, it can. And research maybe isn't always the only thing to be doing, right? Correct. Like I've been Um, on a strict diet. Wow. I mean, since diagnosis, really, and just trying to eliminate foods that cause inflammation, right? And so once I got to the hospital, I struggled with the menu because there were really there were like five foods that I could eat the whole time as an impatient. I didn't understand why anyone after chemo would want to be trying to digest a big burger or lasagna or. It just and so I talked to the dietitian there and she's like, Well, we have to provide the foods that people are comfortable eating. And I get that, right? People are in the hospital, they're uncomfortable. Being there, they maybe want comfort food. But I'm saying to her, like, but isn't the hospital experience the perfect time for people to break some of the bad habits related to food and diet that, you know, if if they're forced to eat a whole whole foods plant-based diet in the hospital even if you're in there for just a few days what better opportunity to cleanse the system and cleanse those cravings and start anew and start with fresh options that nourish the body
1: that's the i mean there's there's still a really pretty big gap in between integrative and functional nutrition and conventional nutrition yes um, Huge. and how how it's approached. Um, the other thing that I, you know, have to throw in here is saying that there is no perfect diet for every circumstance. As Correct. Well. If, you know, you are having GI issues, then it might be something that's, you know, a specific carbohydrate control diet or a low FODMAP diet, or but it's addressing that first. It's knowing it's knowing all of your factors that's going into this and outweighing it. It's, you know, knowing food sensitivities and knowing genomic influences and knowing, you know, at a much deeper level and then what you're struggling with and tailoring the diet to get you through certain sets of circumstances. There is no diet that's going to be perfect, even tailored to you. Let's say we, we address all of that. We address your genetics. We address uh, your food sensitivities. We address your microbiome health, which is huge. Um it takes a very long time, but yeah, that's our second immune system, right? <laughs> yes. Um, let's say we, we address all of this. There's still never going to be a perfect one approach to diet for anybody for every set of circumstances. Um, that's not how it works. It might be, you end up getting a cold and, you know, you have a little bit more of what we call, um, snips that are expressing, which those are single nucleotide polymorphisms, it means there's like a weakness here um, in a gene. Sure, just that could because be temporary. Ha- yes. Just Also, just because you have a SNP doesn't mean it's expressing. But in conditions where there's more stress or um, illness, that's likely, those are your vulnerabilities, that's likely where something is going to break. So in situations like that, doing things differently to, you know, if you're sick or overworked or stressed or supporting different things at different times if you're going through surgery that's going to be a totally different thing if you're having to change a medication if you're having to do a round of antibiotics if you're like there's so much that is going to influence what your your reaction in diet and supplementation should be and that's I think people get so discouraged with diet because they try this canvassed one-size-fits-all approach you know with diet and it it didn't work, and there's there's a reason for that. You you've got to your diet has to be just as adaptable as you are to your circumstances. Um,
0: oh, that's beautiful.
1: And I think that's that's often that's often um, overlooked as well. It's not as simple as "here, eat anti-inflammatory, and you're good to go."
0: Right, right. Well, yeah, it's, or you're eating healthy and you're good to go. Like I was eating kiwis and walnuts in the mornings before work, and then did a food sensitivity test. And of course, because I had so much of them, maybe in my system, it showed I'm sensitive to walnuts and kiwis, other things too. But, you know, walnuts have like a mold to them, right? That Mm -hmm. maybe it's not the walnut itself, but maybe it's the mold growing on that walnut that I'm sensitive to. Yeah. It's a healthy food. It has great omega threes, but like my body, it just didn't jive with
1: walnuts. Yep. And it's one of those things, it's, it's not something, this is an area that's growing um, in uh, functional nutrition and it is definitely not one of those things that I would advise people try to do solely on their own. This is where you need the help of, of tests. You need to see, you need, you, we need to map your microbiome. We need to see what you're dealing with. We need to see at, you know, a biochemical level just you know what's going on what's driving this what's driving that how sensitive your immune system is to certain foods and and dive in that way yeah. it's so much harder for you to take a stab in the dark and guess well this food you know walnuts are healthy right but how, how is it working with you what is this doing um, sure. what is the condition of your microbiome and how can we tailor it to better balance and with you? With your food sensitivities, with your um, genetic, you know, makeup, genetics, yeah. with your yeah, with your ability to, you know, are you successfully detoxifying or methylating, or you know, do we have you know this this gut immune connection for permeability in the gut? So are you, you know, is it a solid lining? Do you have a solid defense, or do you have what we like to refer to as leaky gut, which means that would take precedence, you know, and you start there and you heal you seal this back up. There's, there's so much, so intricate and there's so many parts to it that finding somebody to help direct you and hold your hand through it is really invaluable because if not, you'll get overwhelmed. Oh yeah. It's it's a lot to research. It is. And from being someone who is like, back to my story of I edited my diet and I went from, you know, being on a cane to running six miles. It was awesome. I still had 12 lesions that year. It is not as simple, it is not as superficial as we think diet is. Yes, it made a difference, but I didn't dig deep enough. I made significant difference and I encourage that for everybody to do. But I also encourage you to, you know, take that responsibility of this disease and take your curiosity and and your passion and your drive and just go all the way with it.
0: Well, because there are still things about the disease that Mm -hmm. is so misunderstood, right? Or we still don't know enough about
1: it's so multifactorial. So it's yeah. like, and even I'm sure we don't even know all of the factors that go into autoimmune disease like MS, but we do know quite a few of them at this point and doing what you can to address those right. is, is crucial.
0: Especially with the support system. And it sounds like you're a tremendous support for folks, not only in preparing for HSCT, but certainly recovery from and figuring out that microbiome and combination of foods that might work best for people to support them along their pathway, even temporarily, right? Because those things, they're ever evolving. Our body is constantly changing.
1: That, that, is, my, that is my hope. That is, that is my heart. That is my drive. That is, that is my passion. <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. Well, what about a superpower that you gained from HSCT?
1: Kind of trying to think about this after stumbling on your podcast. I know you asked this question, and that's my favorite question. It, it says a lot about a lot about you. Um, well, we're powerful,
0: right? Like we, yes, as humans, we are powerful, and sometimes we're more powerful in different times and others, and in different ways. And sometimes we go through significant experiences like HSCT and come out the other side with this newfound awareness or confidence or superpower.
1: Yeah. On that note, I actually, my superpower that I chose was shape-shifting because it kind of goes hand in hand with adaptability um, to your set of circumstances. So sometimes you're you know the best you can do is just hold on to hope because you're just crumbling and that's okay so your superpower in that is honestly just going to be learning to just breathe you know learning to to rest and then in, in different circumstances you you're able to just you know dig deep and and hold on to that perseverance and just run with it and then other other circumstances it's more about you know empathy or or resilience um For me, however, I chose shape-shifting because it kind of like, it kind of encompasses all of this because in each different circumstances, it's going to, if you let it change you and you let yourself grow from it, you're going to build a different character strength, you know, like you said, um, in any given set of circumstances. So for me, I think one of the most important things is, is curiosity because what we can learn, I believe this is a quote, um, what we learn from any given set of circumstances determines whether we become more increasingly powerful or powerless. Um, I love it. And it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things to keep going, keep asking, keep, keep morphing and molding and adapting. Um, and learning. If you let yourself grow from these circumstances, you will grow beyond what you initially thought possible and you'll surprise yourself and then you'll be able to. you let yourself grow and you let yourself learn and adapt, you'll grow so much that all you can do, it'll just, it'll just, you know, emote off of you and just bounce off of you and you'll be able to influence so many other people that way. And that's, that's my goal. It's, it's just one of those keep adapting, keep learning, keep asking, keep trying, keep shape-shifting. Yeah,
0: shape-shifting and then finding new ways to be and exist, right?
1: Yes. I think my, one of my favorite quotes is, um, from Einstein and that is the important thing is to not stop questioning. Curiosity has its own meaning, own reason for existing.
0: I love it. It truly does. Yes. Lifelong learning, right? I mean, I do, I try to learn something every day, if not in every experience, especially unique experiences.
1: Yes. It's one of those things, if you're open to it, it'll happen and you'll surprise yourself. And when you can turn around and then, you know, lend a hand to somebody else, it's, I think that's what, what this life is really about. It's community and coming alongside of each other and helping each other grow in different ways. We all have different strengths. So adapting to your own set of circumstances and growing the way that you can grow might be exactly the strengths that somebody else, you know, who you encounter Needed.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like the strangers in Russia, are exactly yes. what you needed, right? Exactly. We're all just trying to figure it out, right? This whole human experience.
1: Yes, life is life is gray. Life is messy. It is. As a child, you sometimes think it's black and white. There's a yes and no. There's a always a right or wrong. There's always this road that I'm supposed to take and that is not the case. That is not the case in normal circumstances, let alone health, you know, health battles.
0: So, so true. Well, and it sounds as though all of those experiences early on helped support you in along this whole journey and even finding your passion and motivation in life. Um, Thank you for dedicating yourself to helping others find their way.
1: Of course. It's, it's honestly, it's my, my greatest honor. And as much as i wouldn't want to go through what I've been through again, I wouldn't change it for the world. Sure. So
0: aside from you and your website, (laughs) certainly that we will link people to in the show notes, um, are there any other resources or books that you might recommend to folks um, who are interested and curious in looking into finding out more about their body their digestion, their microbiome? The How place can people that I would, get
1: started? The place that I would start um, is actually a book. It's written by uh, Mark Hyman. He's huge in the functional medicine realm. I'm sure mm, most, brain. if not all of you know of the name. Right. Um, the book title is What the Heck Should I Eat? <laughs> and he goes into these, um, trying to address some of the battles and the common misconceptions between this food and that food. And even if it doesn't give you you know, the perfect solution or the perfect direction, what it does is it starts spinning these gears in your head and getting you to start questioning, well, you know, why did this work for somebody and why did this not work for somebody else? And start looking at diet a little bit differently. And that's why I really do love that book um, as a beginning. And there's another book that I, I usually recommend, and it's not tied directly into autoimmune disease. But as the research keeps evolving between the gut, the microbiome, and the, the second immune system, your enteric nervous system, and how it, you know, corresponds to autoimmune disease, a book that I found as a really good read to start, just to meet your microbiome, you know, just what is it? What do bacteria do? You know, just starting to get the foundations of, of looking at this and considering this. This book is called The Psychobiotic Revolution. Um, it's the mood, food, and the new science of the gut-brain connection, and it's written by Scott Anderson. Sounds fascinating. Yep, yeah, and between those two books, it's a really good place to start. It'll get you questioning things, and both of those books relay it in terms that really resonate. One of the chapters in the in the gut um, psychobiotic revolution is, you know, how your how your bacteria order pizza. <laughs> so,
0: oh my gosh! Yes.
1: So it goes back into just, it's a good place to get started. It's a good place to start questioning and starting to look at things a little bit differently um, with the gut, what your gut does, what your bacteria does. Um, well, and evolved. then with Mark Hyman's book, yeah, yeah. Like what are the battles and why are the battles and where do I fall into this? And why is it so confusing? Why is it, you know, why is it not just the same for everybody to eat an apple? Well, so those those are my two start resources. Um everybody talks about mind body medicine and that is crucial. Don't get me wrong, you know if you get really really nervous, you know and you get butterflies in your stomach, like, there is a connection. Yes. Um however, uh it's a bidirectional. It's like it goes both ways. So as much as your mind influences your gut, it's a bidirectional pathway and your gut influences your mind so much more. <laughs> then your mind influences your gut, or that we um,
0: like to give credit to, right? I mean,
1: correct. I and love it's that. one of those. Yep, yeah, it's it's a place to start. Definitely a place to start asking questions and and digging deep because the gut and the brain connection is is crucial. It is just one aspect of an autoimmune disease. Don't get me wrong. There are more. There's more to it, but it is such a huge, um, huge component. That not addressing that, not addressing your microbiome and how different it is from somebody else and the condition of it, any diet changes you would make in a condition of a compromised microbiome, you're not going to get very far. It's one of those. It's it's so important. It's that vital that correcting your microbiome, making sure that your immune system, you have this this level of defense. between your gut and your immune system when you're when you have increased impermeability in, in your gut toxins leak in and out and it's not a closed system anymore and your enteric nervous system is what sends up these little SOS flags and that over time is what stimulates your central nervous system to start responding and when they keep fighting a battle they can't win we look at autoimmune disease
0: sure that makes total sense because then
1: it gets confused sense. and as we know with MS, at least, you know, your immune system's really confused. It's attacking everything it's not supposed to. But that initiation, like that initiation of you need to start attacking resonates. It goes all the way down to your enteric nervous system and your microbiome and the gut.
0: Isn't it amazing? Our human body. It is truly fascinating. And all the conversations that are being had at the cellular level that we're not aware of per se, unless we are really attuned. To what we're eating, what we're thinking, how we're living.
1: Yes, it, it can be overwhelming, but I also think it can be very powerful. I mean, it, in one aspect, yes, there's so much. It sounds, you know, like, how can I manage all of it? How can I address all of the factors? How can I, you know, how can I even get started? But on the other side of it, I hope it gives people hope. That means there are more answers out there. There are more puzzle pieces to find. There are more things that you can be doing. To improve yeah your health to be yeah
0: asking and never stop being curious right yes that's beautiful so what are you grateful for about your experience with HSCT that maybe has gone unspoken
1: I'm most grateful honestly for it's just the opportunity to keep going forward um, without HSCT even with knowing questions you know to to ask I didn't have. I didn't have all the answers. I, I ran out of time. I, I ran out of, of time physically and mentally. Um, my capacity was at max. And HSCT, it honestly gave me um, a second chance at life. It gave me my life back. And it gave me the chance to start finally, instead of just being stuck in this all-encompassing, health crusade and only focusing on myself and focusing on survival because all you could do. Um, it gave me a chance to, instead of survive, it gave me a chance to learn to live and learn to thrive. And with that, finally take the focus off of myself and give to other people That's because beautiful. as many people who have supported me from about age 10 all the way on, I just, I just wanted to be able to have the chance to do that for somebody else. And HSCT gave me that. Thank you for that dedication. Of course, it, It's been a long journey, but it's, it's been worth every step.
0: Especially when you can find, well, the drive that you have, the passion, the curiosity, the focus, and all that dedication to not just yourself, but others. Thank you for sharing those gifts with the world
1: and with the oh, podcast. My, my pleasure. I'm. Thank you for doing this podcast. This podcast is is a wonderful thing to be a part of. It is. So many times people feel alone or like they have to hide or blend in and allowing people to find their voice and give back and influence other people. It's that's going to be something that just expounds. It, it's just going to grow. And so many people are going to be inspired.
0: I hope so. I mean, so many people, as we have mentioned, are unique, right? And they
1: mm-hmm. We all have something to say and we all have something to to give and contribute. And I think this is a wonderful platform for mm-hmm. people to be able to start finding that voice. Thank
0: you. And thank you for being a part of the platform. It's been great to share your voice and uh, hope you have inspired others to truly take care of themselves and stay curious.
1: Yes. Thank you. It's been, it's been a pleasure.
0: Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allentzelser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment, share your story. We'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well.